Hi, everybody. I'm Ralph ben Murgy, and welcome to Yehupitzville. We're going to take a little bit of a tour across this Canada that we love so much, this coast-to-coast-to-coast existence. You know, it's one thing to be Jewish in a place like Toronto. It's another thing to be Jewish in very small towns in this country. Now, let's think about this word, Yehupitzville. I don't know about you, but when I use it, I use it to say the middle of nowhere. Where did he move to? He moved to Yehupitzville. Guess what? That's the exact opposite of what it means. It was originally used by people who lived in the middle of nowhere. And the idea was if they went to Kiev, to the big city, they were going to Yehupitzville. It's been turned around on its head. So it's kind of a weird thing, but it's our thing. So Yehupitzville, I guess we'll use it in the way that most people use it today, which is they moved to somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Now, for everybody who lives in Jewish communities across the country, please don't take offense to the idea that it's supposed to be the middle of nowhere. Think of it as you're the Kiev of it all. You're the the Jewish center of existence in your own special way. So we're going to start by going to Moncton, New Brunswick. Now, if you don't know anything about Moncton, let me tell you, uh, in geography quizzes, what's the only bilingual province in Canada? And people always say Quebec. They're wrong. It's New Brunswick. That's the only official one. And guess what? The only official bilingual city in Canada is Moncton. I've been to Moncton many times. We have good friends there. My wife worked there for about three years. So we have a lot of history in the place. It's a fascinating city. It's got a French side and an English side. They come together there. If you live in Dieppe, it's on the French side, mostly. And if you live in Moncton, it's mostly the English side. And that culture becomes so rich and and vibrant. The Acadian culture, the English, the loyalist culture, all of it comes together in this lovely city. And um, they've got Parley Beach there, which is beautiful, and uh, the Petticodiac River with its rich red clay underneath. It's just a great place to visit and a great place to be. There has been a Jewish community in Moncton for a very long time. As a matter of fact, it's one of the oldest Jewish communities in the Maritimes. I I figure that and Glace Bay would be the two oldest. Yes, Glace Bay. We're going to try to go there too in Yehobitzville. So in this particular episode, I want to talk to three people who have different experiences of becoming Monctonians and Jewish Moncton itself. Francis Weil came from Paris. He was a bit older when he showed up. A young person came from Israel with her whole family. She's now in her first year of medical uh, pre-med. So interesting to see if she'll stay. Liel Izichis is her name. And our third guest is, I guess, the veteran, the old timer of the Moncton community, the one who's been there from the very beginning. Erwin Lampert is going to join us as well. So sit back, relax, and take a little visit to Yehopitzville. I'm going to start with the guy that's been there the longest. Uh, Erwin Lampert has been, uh, he's now the president of Teferis Israel, the uh, synagogue, and he uh, has been in Moncton for most of his life, and uh, he is one of the pillars of the community. Erwin, how are you doing? Very, uh, very good, Ralph. Nice to speak to you. Uh, tell me what your experience, if somebody said, what's it like to be Jewish in Moncton, what would you tell them? Well, uh, I would use many different words. Uh, It's enjoyable in some ways. It's difficult in others. For example, uh, many years ago in the 60s or 70s and 80s even, we had a kosher butcher here. We had someone who brought in Passover food. 
We had Sisterhood, Hadassah, B'nai B'rith, Scouts, Cubs. Now the only thing left pretty well is uh, Sisterhood. And if you want to get kosher meat, you have to bring it in. Although there is a store in Moncton owned by a Jewish man that brings in kosher chickens and turkeys. Uh, for Passover foods, we have to go to St. John or Fredericton. So, so it makes, if you want to live as a Jew in a kosher way, it, it, it's quite difficult. But yet it's rewarding in many other ways because you know all of the congregants and it's a close-knit community in some ways, in other ways it's not. But uh, I'll tell you about one particular difficulty is uh, whenever there's a minion, if I don't go to shul, I feel guilty because quite often I'm the 10th man. Very often we just have the bare 10 or 11. So if I decide for any reason not to go to shul, I have to consider that there might not be a minion. And if it's Saturday, they may not be able to read the Torah because I decided not to go. So that puts a certain pressure on you that's, that's difficult. Yeah. And now this is an Orthodox synagogue, right? Yes, it's strange because it's an Orthodox synagogue and we have an Orthodox rabbi, but very, very few Jews in the community uh, live as Orthodox Jews, you know, honor the Shabbat, uh, keep strictly kosher. But any time there's been a movement to change it to conservative, uh, it was met with a lot of opposition. I'm not sure we would have the same opposition today because a lot of the members who were strenuous objectors are no longer with us. Which is pretty normal in terms of the passing on of generations and the initial thrust. So that, that's, a, that's interesting. I wonder what will happen with that. Francis, while uh, you are, are not born and bred in uh, Moncton, uh, you came uh, from a Jewish community. Tell me about the Jewish community you came from in France. Oh, yes. Um, I was born in France uh, quite a while ago, and um, I grew up in uh, a small town in Alsace, and we moved to Strasbourg. Uh, my, my parents were quite religious. We always had a kosher home. And, um, but I have to, to confess that um, uh, as I grew up, I didn't really keep, uh, keep uh, uh, being a kosher. And um, I stayed away from the region for quite a while. Uh, then I moved to Canada. Uh, in 1961, moved to Moncton in 1968, uh, was not involved with the Jewish community right from the start, just slightly. My son was born uh, and uh, he got circumcised, but I, I, I was not in the habit to, to go to the synagogue. It's only later in 1977 that I got involved and I have been involved ever since. And what you said in your introduction is very true. When you mentioned that um, in Toronto, uh, you know, y y there are so many Jews that you can very well live as Jew without being concerned to, to make the Jewishness of the place stay. I in Moncton is different. In Moncton, uh, as you, in fact, you mentioned 100 families. In reality, we are, we are less, we are 60 families. In oh, Moncton. wow. And, uh, <clears throat> And uh, as you said, as Erwin said, uh, it, it, it comes a time when you feel that uh, you, you have a duty. You have a duty uh, if you want to, you know, that uh, Jewish culture, Jewish life continue. You have a duty to, to stay close to the synagogue and to do things for the synagogue. You feel that 
you count, and if you don't, then you are letting the other people down. That's essentially. I hear you. Yeah, Liel, you are the uh, new newer arrivals. Uh, tell me about uh, the journey your family took from where you came and to where you are. Okay. Well, I was born in Israel in the city of Haifa. And we moved here in 2014, which is quite a while ago, but still. And, uh, well, I would say, like, it was a good journey, not gonna lie. Um, it was it was nice. We were very welcomed when we arrived. Everyone was really help, helpful. Um, I think it's especially because we were a part of the Jewish community. So we kind of have to stick for each other. But um, I would say that the main differences between like the Jewish community in Israel and the Jewish community here would be that here we're much closer. Here, um, people really care. Um, I see a lot, like there's a bigger percentage of the Jewish community that actually goes to the synagogue than in Israel because in Israel, everyone's Jewish, right? right. So it's easy to keep kosher. It's easy to celebrate your holidays because everything works around your religion, but here it's not. Um, for example, I'm in university right now, and for Yom Kippur, I had to skip a couple of days, and it's really hard because sometimes I have to reschedule my exams, and it's not always easy. Sometimes I have to do it like a week in advance, which is not bad, but it's inconvenient. Yeah, I mean, you're in Israel, you're the dominant culture, uh, the way Canadian Christians are the dominant culture in this country. So they don't yeah. have to, you know, they don't have to go to church, they don't have to do it's all around them. Christmas is going to happen. There's nothing you can do about it. Exactly. Right? But in Israel, I remember once I was doing a documentary series, and we were there on Christmas Eve, we landed and went to Bethlehem and did a, 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 a shoot there. And then the next morning, I'm in Tel Aviv. Uh, I'm in Netanya, actually, and we're shooting something. And I'm thinking, why do I feel so weird? And I realized there was no Christmas. Oh, I couldn't find Christmas anywhere. And that in Canada, you can't get away from Christmas. So now you've done the opposite. You've gone Alice through the looking glass. <laughs> you're, you're, you've come from a dominant culture to a minority culture where you have to make the decision. When you were found out you were going to go to Moncton, what, what, what did you think in 2014? Well, first of all, I, I was really excited just because I've been dreaming to live in like the United States. Not anymore, not anymore. But I, <laughs> I, dream, I dreamed to live in the United States or like in an English speaking um, country just because I thought it would be interesting and I, I really love languages, so that was a bonus for me, too, because I learned two languages when I got here. Right. Yeah. Um, but did you know anything about Canada? No, no, <laughs> I, I didn't. <laughs> so if somebody said to you now back home, so what's Moncton like? As a Jewish person, what's Moncton like? What would you tell them? I would probably say small. <laughs> 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 it is significantly smaller than Haifa and uh, I'm still getting used to it and it's weird because where we live right now it's like outside of the city so it's even further for us so I have to drive everywhere like if I have to do groceries I have to drive meanwhile in Israel if I have to go to school I walk right and when you meet people here and tell them you're Israeli and Jewish what kind of response do you get 
they're like, wow, tell me something in Hebrew. <laughs> like, they're, they're usually very nice, but I've had some interactions at school, for example, where I've been made fun of and uh, people made Jew jokes, pretty much. Really, eh? Yeah. That's tough. That's hard, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Erwin, your experience of being Jewish in Moncton, it's, it's not, it doesn't sound to me like it's a negative experience, right? In grade school, you know, fairly often someone would say, make a negative comment about my being Jewish, but uh, that has disappeared pretty well. Uh, what has surprised me lately is how many people are aware of the Jewish holidays. People will wish me Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah. Years ago, that didn't happen, but, but now so many people are more aware. I just want to mention that we're very fortunate in Moncton in that we've been able to attract people because of two reasons. Number one, we have uh, two universities, well, one university in Moncton, a French language university, and that's attracted professors over the years. And we have another uh, university 30 miles away, Mount Allison University, which is also attracted uh, some uh, professors who have become members. Also, Prince Edward Island is very close by, and we've uh, had over the years members from Prince Edward Island. And, and, you know, secondly, we're very centrally located in the Maritime, so it's a natural place for people to come to. Unfortunately, we've had a lot of people come from Israel who haven't stayed here because they haven't been able to find employment from Israel and from other places that have come here, that have settled and have wanted to stay in some cases, the husband could find work, but the wife couldn't in her profession, and they've left. And that's very sad because, uh, you know, we wanted these people to stay. The Izitschkis family, they're very valued members of our community. They come to Shul every Shabbos. They're very involved in the community, and we're very lucky to have them here. We only wish we could have about 20 more families like them here. Francis, your experience is uh, a, a, as an academic too, right? Yes, exactly. I used to teach uh, physics and statistics at university. You know, you had me until physics and statistics. <laughs> and then I, I decided I should run to another room because I would never pass either of your courses. That would be the way that would work. Um, you, you're a past president of the synagogue. Where, what future do you see for uh, Ferris Israel? How do you see this working out? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, quite a number of, uh, you know, the, the community can only live if people are interested in it. And uh, uh, when I came, when I started to be involved, there were more families and uh, a greater number of families. And uh, they, but little by little, they, some of them passed away. So I, I can see that um, among the younger generation, I'm not sure if the number is here for, for a long time. I don't know. So You don't know if it can sustain itself. It's hard to, to answer the question. Liel, what, what, you've been there now for a while, and your family is engaged. Um, what would you like to see as a future for the Jewish community? This is kind of personal, but I would say more kids. Like, not not just children, but also teenagers, because I find that I am one of... I would say maybe, and that's that's an exaggeration of 20 teenagers. 
So it's it's kind of hard to make friends because I, I really want to have friends that are Jewish, obviously, because we'd have the same experiences and the same values. Right. But it's it's kind of hard because I, I, I kind of don't want to be friends with a five year old. That would just be weird, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think I only have like two Jewish friends that are my age and one of them actually moved to Canada six months before me. Our friends are, our parents are best friends. So, right. but so, that so, would be one of the main things for me, for example. So this brings up what could be a sensitive point, but the idea of uh, finding a partner. That's, that's also why um I really want to find a Jewish partner, but obviously there, I think there is literally one Jewish guy in Moncton that is my age. So it's a little bit hard. <laughs> and you're not marrying him. No, no. <laughs> I'll <laughs> break the news to him. It'll, brother, be very, it'll be so. a sad moment, but I'll tell him. Yeah. So what do you do with that though? We're like, okay, so Francis isn't sure where the future is. Um, do you think, Liel, that it would be important for the synagogue to maintain its orthodox way? Or do you think it would help in any way to become a, a conservative or even a reform or progressive kind of uh, Jewish institution? Would that make any difference, really? Honestly, I, I wouldn't know. So it's probably not the best question to ask. But um, I feel like they're pretty head on staying orthodox. That's the feeling I got. And you're not. I I don't have a preference. Oh. I'm just following whatever my parents say. Wow! Can you be my kid? <laughs> <laughs> I got four of them, and no one, none of them will ever tell me that. But that'd be great. <laughs> now, do you see yourself staying in Moncton? As like, are you in in medical school? Yes, I'm doing a pre med program right now at uh, Université de Moncton, and. It's hard. I'd like to stay in Moncton, but there are high chances that I won't get the job I want or anything like that. So obviously, I've, I have a couple of options. I can move to bigger cities or, which is my favorite, I can move back to Israel ah. <laughs> because I still have a citizenship there. Of course. But that would be harder just because it's been a while. Well, you come from my favorite city in Israel, Haifa. I love Haifa. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> My wife's always like, yeah, I'm like, no, no, it's the most normal city in, in Israel. Like Tel Aviv is one kind of crazy. Yerushalayim is another kind of crazy. And Haifa is like perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and it's good for walking. It's a good cardio workout. A lot of hills. Oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Right. So, Erwin, it doesn't sound to me like the future is as bright as one would like. Yes, that's. I think that's an accurate assessment. When I look around the synagogue on a Saturday morning, and I look at the age of the men there, uh, it's hard to be terribly optimistic. Yet we're doing much better than many communities of our size and even some communities larger in terms of getting minions. Uh, but like Liel said, we need more young people here. How do you get them? I don't know. You know, it's interesting. Uh, people come here and want to stay here. For example, our rabbi, who's here part-time, his son, one of his sons is studying for the rabbinate. Uh, he's been here, I think he's studying in New York, but he's been here since pretty well since COVID started. And he helps out in the synagogue, does services, and he wants to stay here. He likes it very much. Mm -hmm. Now, you wouldn't think an Orthodox rabbi 
uh, a young guy in his 20s would want to stay here. But yet he does. He feels a warmth in the community and wants to stay. So it's hard to, to predict, really. But, you know, going to the synagogue is not the only thing that's important. Right. It's also important to have other cultural events. And uh, unfortunately, we haven't been having many, but hopefully that'll improve. We have the Atlantic Jewish Council in Halifax, which assists in bringing in entertainment and speakers and the like that travels the, mar- that travel the maritime circuit. So, uh, you know, there is some hope, but it's going to be difficult and people are going to have to work harder at it. In terms of whether it would help if we became conservative, it might help to some extent, because I believe there are some Jewish people in the city who stay away from the synagogue, because to be honest, they're not interested in, in, in the Orthodox rabbi conducting services. I think that's true. So it might be worth a try for a while. Yet on the other hand, Fredericton tried that. Fredericton's a community similar in size to ours. I believe they went half and half. They had one minion Friday night Orthodox and another minion conservative, and that didn't work out. So, you know, it might be an idea to try it for a while to see if we get an approved attendance, but I'm not so sure it would. Yeah, and then you've got all the other factors that you have a rabbi who's orthodox, so what do you do then? Uh, you'd have to have a lay service for conservatives, you know, led by congregation, which there's nothing wrong with that either. It increases engagement because people have to pick up the slack and, you know, do readings and sing and, and read Torah and do all We're very things. fortunate here that we have a number of men who are able and willing to conduct services. So when there's no rabbi here, uh, in fact, they're almost fighting with each other over who's going to uh, uh, conduct services, including reading the Torah. We have, we're very fortunate to have a number of men who can do that. And Leal, uh, doesn't, doesn't your brother read Torah? Yes, he does. How old is he? He is 16. And is he good at it? Excellent. Uh, I, would, I would say he's pretty good. <laughs> he's probably our best reader. Wow. He's reading fast and he, he never makes a mistake. Oh, uh, that's no fun. <laughs> You always like when you have to correct a person. It wakes up the congregation. Everybody at the same day, you know, same moment. Mitzvahim. So sorry, I got it wrong. I got it wrong. (laughs) So, Liel, I don't know. You're the future. Liel, what would you say to people, Jewish people, who were thinking of moving to somewhere around uh, the Maritimes? Why would you tell them that Moncton would be a good choice? Well, I'll I'll, I'll probably start with, uh, I love how the community is really close. Like we had a lot of help from the Jewish community and we're also supporting it. Like we, um, I personally helped decorate for every holiday, well, before COVID, um, (laughs) but I helped decorate every holiday. Like we, we help whenever we can. And I find that's really nice because I've never really been part of anything like that. Um, I've never been part of a community that cares this much. And it's, it's just nice to be included and to feel like you're a part of something. So that would be definitely one of the main things. If you're coming here, be prepared to be included. But it's only if you want to, because, of course, some people, they come here and then they kind of distance themselves. They don't really come anymore. And I that's their that's their choice, obviously. But it's just it's sad sometimes because I like seeing new faces. It's always exciting. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. Francis, what, what would you tell people about Moncton? Well, uh, I think I would say exactly the same thing that uh, Liel uh, told us. Uh, she's very 
you know, she expressed very well that, uh, you know, coming to Moncton to be part of a community makes, you know, I feel that will make people feel, feel good. And um, in fact, I have seen in uh, people who have come uh, that feeling. Uh, I must say that in the area, there are probably five or six Jewish families who came from Israel and are not part of the community. Um, why? Uh, the only thing I can say is um, they were hesitant to pay dues. For them, it was something that they couldn't accept. Because uh, in Israel, you don't pay dues usually in the synagogue. And here I you tried do. To, I tried to tell them that they don't realize, but in Israel, they pay dues through their income tax. Right. Here in Israel, uh, here in Canada, uh, they have they have less income tax to pay than Israel, but unfortunately, we are not by the government, so that's what it is. But I have not been able to, to get through. So it's a, it's a little sad because I can see that these families would have been interested to have, to belong to a, a to, to a cultural Jewish group. Erwin, uh, last word to you. What's uh... What's the next part when, when, when you're no longer the president, when uh, Liel's off being a doctor, or, you know, what, what's the next uh, step for Moncton's Jewish community? Anyone coming to, to this community, of course, if they, if they live as Orthodox Jews, they have to be prepared to work at it. So you have a chance to really get involved in the community. You'll be asked to be involved in all activities. Uh, so, so it's a warm feeling to come here. Uh, I think uh, Liel will, will acknowledge that uh, she feels, I think she has, feels extremely welcome here. We want people to come here. We welcome them with open arms. We want them to become part of the synagogue, part of the community. So I think we have a lot to offer. Besides being, as you said, Ralph, in a very beautiful part of the world. And, I agree uh, you know, with I've that. A lot of New Brunswick and, and in particular Moncton's population has increased tremendously in the last couple of years. And a lot of people are moving here because of the low cost of housing. And that's a positive feature here too, outside of the Jewish community. But uh, I've met a number of people, one from Victoria, British Columbia, another from Hamilton, in fact, uh, moved here because they couldn't afford housing. So that's a big feature of the city. Well, two universities, French language, one yeah, yeah. and Mount Allison is 30 miles away in Sackville. Well, I, uh, I admire all the work you all do to keep the Jewish community alive in Moncton. And I think it's a, a wonderful thing to have some younger blood and to have other people who have been holding the fort and building the, uh, the proposition of being Jewish in Moncton. I'll be thinking of you the next time you have to drive to St. John or Fredericton to pick up something kosher. But other than that, uh, maybe we'll send you a box of matzah and see how that works out. Uh, listen, I thank you all for being here. I truly appreciate it. Liel Izichkis, uh, Francis Weil, and Erwin Lampert, uh, appreciate it. And good luck in Moncton. And maybe I'll see you at Parley Beach. We'll hang out together. Well, that's it for me. I'm Ralph Benmergi. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. It's called You Hope It'sville, and uh, we'll be back with more episodes from across this country. We'll move from coast to coast to coast. Some people I want to thank for putting this all together are music from Louis Samayo, 
Uh, beautiful music at that. Uh, Michael Freeman is the executive producer of podcasts of Canadian Jewish News at CJN. And if you want more info on things, there's a brand new website. TheCJN.ca is where you need to go. You take care of each other and we'll see you again on Yehobitzville.